0: Who's in love with God? I said, Who's in love with God? All right, that's more like it. I got to see more hands up. We're Pentecostal, right? We got to get there. Um, well, I want to thank everybody that uh, gave me the opportunity to speak to all of you tonight. And uh, I wrote this sermon for myself, but I think that it's going to reach a couple more people that I didn't realize until I came in tonight. So. Um, Let's just, uh, let's begin by praying and then we'll get into it. Father, we thank you that you're here tonight. We thank you that you sent your spirit to indwell on the inside of us. We thank you that you gave yourself for us. You gave your son for us to be in part for us, God. You gave your life for us. Teach us how to give our lives to you. Have your way in here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you want to open up to the book of Mark in chapter 10, that's where the, um, message that I wrote is going to be based out of. And before I start getting into that, I kind of want to do something on the spur of the moment kind of thing. Um, there's a part of my testimony that I've never shared before. So many of you are normal people here tonight. You, you've, you've probably heard it. You've probably heard it in just in passing or, you know, whenever. But um, there was a moment when I was actually 17 years old and my dad had forced me to go to this uh, church camp. And uh, I didn't want to go. I'd fought him on it and didn't want to do anything with it because I didn't really care. But uh, he forced me to go to this church camp. And so I'm there and I'm, you know, doing my own thing and I'm kind of just, you know, whatever. And this whole deal. And and there was this guy named James and uh, he was the leader of the small group that we were part of. And and he said, I feel like we just need to break some bricks at the end of the week, and we'll put a name on there for somebody to forgive. We need to break this chain in order to, you know, move forward and, and go, grow deeper with God. And, and I put somebody's name on there just to put somebody's name on there, and, and it was kind of like a hidden name, right? Like, I put one guy's name, but it was really somebody else's. And uh, I didn't tell him until the end when it hit me, so... Um, it's it's cool, I won't get into what happened and, and who I needed to forgive, but um I basically I forgave somebody and I I got thrown into this this relationship with God that I didn't ever feel before. And I would, you know, stop listening to the music that I was tend you know tend to do you uh listen to and uh stopped watching some of the shows and i stopped cussing and you know every christian that turns christian has to stop cussing right that's the biggest thing so i stopped doing all that and and i felt like oh man i'm good you know like i started listening to worship music started crying i was like man what is this you know and um it was crazy because it got to a point where where jesus had asked me to ask forgiveness from somebody and i told him no So there's a reason why I wasn't saved at 17. Um, So as we get into the scripture, I want you guys. I'm going to leave it there because I'm going to come back and touch on that. I just need you guys to stick with me. Can you do that? I need everybody to respond because I can't do this alone. (laughs) All right, there you go. Y'all, are y'all here? Yeah. Corey's here. I like it. All right. So we're going to start in verse 17. This is the story of the rich young ruler. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running. He knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. You know, the commandments do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. And then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said, to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. And I want to submit to some of you tonight that this, this passage of Scripture is not about money. And I know that may it may sound like it is about money cuz it's talking about riches and possessions but I don't think it's about money. I think it's about the things that we hold closer to our heart than we hold God to our heart. I'll say that. It could be unforgiveness, it could be a video game, it could be a movie, it could be a friend, it could be a relationship, it could be whatever, but I think that that's where Jesus was saying your possessions are greater than I am in your own heart, which is why you can't receive me. And it's easier for a camel to walk backwards through a, a needle. <laughs> But um but I I want to focus in on the on the rich young ruler just because when I read this I just felt so much of myself in the story, right? He had kept the commandments from a from his youth, meaning that he understood what it meant to be a good person. He understood what the commandments were right. He had good morals. People probably looked at him and was like, that's a good guy. And he could put on that face. And he probably didn't have to put on a face. I put on a face growing up, but he, um basically he knew how to be good, and, um, and he also knew what it was like to have authority, because in the book of Luke, we see that they call him a ruler, right? So we, we have a young, rich ruler, yet we see him running to Jesus, and when I see him running, I see desperation in his eyes, as if he, he went around to everybody else, wondering why he still had a hole in his chest, Wondering why there was still something missing on the inside of him, I have good morals. I'm a good person. I make good money. I'm a good steward of what I have. I'm young, you know. I'm. I've got. I've got goals. I've got plans. People respect me, but there's something missing on the inside of me. You know, he he kept the law. It says he kept it from his youth, meaning that he was probably, you know, um, he was probably somebody who who, when you looked at him, you couldn't find anything wrong with him. When you, when you read through the concordance, it literally translates into saying that he was blameless. Amen. And Jesus, you know, he pro- Jesus gave him a boring answer, in my opinion, right? Because he came expecting something different from what he was already doing. Jesus responded to him with the law. You know, he said, well, do the law. And the guy was like, but I, I do all this. What am I still missing on the inside of me? What is still holding me back from reaching that place where I feel like I'm satisfied in myself? You know, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, sell all your possessions. So I'm not gonna have a major sermon tonight. I'm not gonna preach very long, but if you can stick with me, I think that it's gonna, it's gonna mean something to somebody here. So there are a couple of things that we have to hit before we get into what he was holding back from God, right? I believe that the rich young ruler saw Jesus and called him a good teacher because he watched him from a distance. He understood who he was. He may have heard a story about him. He may have heard, saw a newspaper about him. He may have, you know, went around and and noticed that there was somebody that was talking about this guy and and he was always excited about hearing him for himself, right? And so I think that he was eager to hear Jesus, but I also think that he also kept his distance because he was afraid to talk to him. He was afraid to actually get get in a conversation with him because he knew on the inside of himself what he was holding on to. And we'll never know what exactly those possessions were, but he does. And Jesus then looked at him as in to behold what his heart was saying, right? He looked at him to to clearly discern what this man was trying to get out of his questions to Jesus. And then it says that he loved him and said to him, the one thing that you lack. So going back to my story, the one thing that I lacked was to ask forgiveness from that one person. It was the one thing that kept me from getting into a deeper relationship with God. In fact, by me not doing that to that person, by me not asking for forgiveness, it threw me into such a downward spiral that I got 12 times worse than I was beforehand. I cussed more, I drank more, I did chewing tobacco more, I smoked more, I was addicted to porn, pornography a lot more than I was beforehand. Is this, is this helping anybody? Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure. I don't want to keep going on something that doesn't make sense. Good. So fast forward to, to Jesus talking to his disciples and saying how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. And they were astonished at his words because they couldn't understand how anybody could enter in. Right? He says, with men, it's impossible. But With God, it's not impossible. See, the rich young ruler came to Jesus seeking eternal life, not seeking Jesus. He came to a good teacher to find a good ending through eternal life in himself. He wanted to be in eternal life. He didn't want to be in Jesus. And so the saddest part of the story to me and for me is that he was five feet away from eternal life. And he turned him down because he didn't understand what he was looking at. There's a lot of times in our lives where we run into eternal life. We run into moments and experiences with Jesus then we don't realize what we're looking at because it's not what we expected it to look like. And we turn them down because it's not what we thought. I can tell you the one thing that I regret the most in my life is turning him down at that time because there was so many people that I led to hell because of my uh, disobedience to him. There's so many people that I, I I showed an example of saying that I was a Christian with my words and yet I never lived it out, and I told them, you know you, you know you're always going to sin, you might as well get to choose what you do, have fun with it. Can I be honest Yes, yeah that's that's it's, it's what I did, and that's one thing that always comes back and haunts me a little bit, and it's always funny how God works, right because the moment I came back to him, the first thing he said is, "Hey." <laughs> Go ask forgiveness from that guy. (laughs) And it's like, wow. So you're telling me that in order to get closer to you, I have to go through this. In order to get closer to you, I have to let go of my pride in order to say, I'm sorry to this person. That's good. That's good. Jesus, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. But because I understood how sorrowful I went away from him at the age of 17 and the moment that I met him back at the age of 20, I understood that I didn't want to go through that again. I didn't want to go through a moment or a season where I had no idea where my life was going. I had no, I under, I had no understanding of what it meant to fill this gap right here. There was so much anxiety, so much fear and doubt and hate and anger through all the stuff that I held on to because I was afraid to let it go. See, I don't think the rich young ruler came in the wrong heart. I think he was seeking the truth. It just didn't look like the one that he wanted. See, if you come seeking for eternal life and yet never find it, it's because you're seeking eternal life and not Jesus. There is only one way. You, you can't do the works and the miracles and everything like that and expect that you're going to make it, right? Right? And we know in Matthew 7, it says, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? You did. I didn't know you, though. I never understood who you were. And that's who I was, right? I grew up in the church. My parents have been a part of the pastoral staff at every church they've gone to. So I understood what it meant to serve. See, I told you about the 17-year-old kid who got dragged to church camp, right? It's because I had Bible-thumping parents. (laughs) And, and they, wanted to, uh, they wanted to see a change in their son. Because all they saw was I would show up at Sunday, I would serve, and then I'd leave and go do my own thing. And then Wednesday, I'd show up and serve and then go home and do my own thing and think I'd check my box, I'm good. We're all right, you know, everything's great. But on the reality of things, I never knew who he was. I, un- I never understood who Jesus was to me. I never had a relationship with him. Thank you, Corey. Um, and you see, that's the, that's the main point that Jesus, he doesn't care about your service. Can I be honest? He doesn't, yes. it's not about your works. You know, if it was about your works, then you could work your way out of heaven the same way that you could work your way into heaven. And He didn't want that to happen. He wanted it to be able to where you had to go through faith and grace by his son. Right? So that's the only road. That's the only way through our works don't mean anything to him unless we have our love attached to it see it's not about the the it's not about the the quantity of work that you do but the quality that you offer it with if i if i do all the servicing and all the things like this i can i can do it with no problem i've seen other people do it i know how to do it i can stand on a stage and wave and smile and it's great but if i don't have the love of god on the inside of me i can't I can't give that to Jesus. I can't give the glory of my service to Jesus. Yeah, that's right. So what I'm wanting to get the question out there tonight is, is what is keeping you from getting closer to Jesus? There's always things, right, that we see. And, 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 and the law, Jesus, Jesus gave him the law by saying, you know, this isn't to help you have a better life. This isn't to help you make you feel better about your life or what you do and everything like that, this is a way that you're able to get closer to me. This is a guideline on how you can get closer to me. It's not about having a guardrail or, or a line drawn in the sand. It's a way that you are able to say, Jesus, by me not doing these certain things and keeping my life within this group of, 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 of commandments, I'm able to be closer to you, right? So if I don't go out and drink alcohol and get drunk and I come back home, there's a, there's a block there. I'm mean, just going to be honest. There's a block there. I don't care if you drink. I mean, I'm going to tell you it's wrong. But um, if you're addicted to nicotine, it's, you know, you, there's a block there. Yeah. So what are you willing to give up in order to get closer to him? It's not about wanting to hold on to your possessions. It's about if you're in love with Jesus, find the best way to get closer to him. If you have to throw it out, do it. And if you're ever in doubt, then throw it out. You know, the old saying. Um, See, there's two, there's two guys that I want to throw a quote up there. Um, the first one should be like Henry Martin or something like that. Is it cool if I'm just like normal? I'm in normal clothes too, so I can help you guys understand I'm not special. Um, Henry Martin said, I'm born for God only. Christ is nearer to me than father or mother or sister, a near relation, a more affectionate friend, and I rejoice to follow him and to love him. Blessed Jesus, thou art all I want. A foreigner to me and all I ever shall go through as a Christian, a minister, or a missionary. See, that's the heart that, you know, I see John the, the Apostle have towards Jesus. No matter where you saw him, he was always right there following Jesus. You know what I mean? He was the only disciple left at the cross, too, I believe. Peter let, uh, followed at a distance, but John was right there by his mother saying, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm with you. And that's how I want to be. I want to be somebody that doesn't care about, you know, what my works tell you about myself or what I'm doing. I want to be able to be somebody that follows Jesus so closely that the dust from his feet is hitting yes! me. And, yes! and, and that's what I missed upon, you know, going around it the first time around, because I thought holding on to this unforgiveness was, was easier than, than following him. But really, it's keeping you from him. And there's certain things that he asks of you so that you can release it unto him so that you can follow him. There's another guy, his name's Ezra Taft Benson. Can everybody think, Jesus, your name's not Ezra Taft Benson? (laughs) He's a good guy, he's a good guy. I'm sorry, God. Um, (laughs) When we put, (laughs) (laughs) all right. When we put God first, all other things fall into their proper place or drop out of our lives. Our love of the Lord will govern the claims of our affection, the demands of our time, the interests we pursue, in the order of our priorities. So what this tells me is that the rich young ruler had focused his priorities on what he had gained through his life, right? Whether he inherited it or whether he earned it himself. You know, he, he had a position, he had youth, and he had money. And he put those three things above who God was to him which is why when God asked him for those things, knowing in his heart that these are the things that are blocking his relationship from getting closer to God, he knew the outcome it was gonna have. You know, Jesus is the most skilled uh, minister ever to hit the earth. He was the head apostle, teacher, prophet, evangelist, pastor, right? He, he knew it all. He, he understood how much to say when and how, how much to hold back, you know, and uh, and, uh it's just so cool to watch a minister through, through the book because there's a lot of stories in the Bible where they won't give you the guy's name. And I think a lot of times it's so the Holy Spirit can show you that this person is yourself and to put yourself in the position of that person, right? So when we read the rich young ruler, it's because he's wanting to show yourself how much stuff you're holding on to. And it may not even be sinful, that's the worst part, right? When it's not even sinful, but he asks for it. I'll tell you what, there's nothing that's going to make me want to throw something that's $600 away just for fun. You know, it's just, it's great. Um, so when he asks you to throw away your PlayStation, you gotta, you gotta go throw it away. Um, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, this is, this is the story. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go on to this because it's important, you know. There was a, I, look, Corey likes it. I, I, here, Corey, you come up here with me. I'll just, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but uh, I, I was a gamer. I grew up, you know, playing video games with my brother, playing video games with my friends. And it's just one of those fun things that I did, right? After I got saved, I was like, all right, you know, get rid of all my bad games and keep the fun ones that are just simple and nice and everything like that. And I'm just playing video games one day. And, and then Jesus goes, um, I want you to throw that away. And I was like, okay, right, no, no, no. And, uh, you know, when you wrestle with God with these things, right, you ask him sometimes, like, what's the reason, though? Can you give me the reason? What's, what's the point of me getting rid of this? I'm not sinning. You know, this, is, if anything, is keeping me busy. You know what I mean? Like, keeping my head down. You know what I mean? And, and he said, no, because it's taking time away from me. And maybe the things that the rich young ruler was dealing with wasn't sinful, but maybe it was the things that was taking time away from his relationship that he could have with God, right? He couldn't have the rich young ruler following him around if he was always busy thinking about the business deals that's keeping his money flowing, you know what I mean? He couldn't think about the people that he left in charge wondering if they're doing a good job, right? He couldn't keep them, you know, holding on to everything that he, he wanted to hold on to so there's things in our lives that may not even be sinful, but he wants you to let go of it because it's going to escalate you into a new realm of his of his understanding of who he is you know it's 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 awesome to think you know when I get to heaven i'm not going to be so focused on the gold roads or the, the milk and the honey because because I'm already living with my heaven, right? Like, my heaven is Jesus. It's not a, it's not a place. For me, heaven's a person, and, it's, and his name is Jesus. And I don't ever want to live anywhere else. If he's on earth, I want to be on earth. You know, if he's in California, I'll go to California. But it's... <laughs> It's it's, you know that's the point of the whole thing, and and that's what Jesus was trying to wrap this rich young ruler's mind around is that it's not about your money, it's not about the commandments, it's not about the law, it's not it's not about your services to us, right? It's not about any of that. If you don't love me with everything in you, then you can't have me, because that's what he did for us, right? He says it's the greatest form of love to give one one's life for his friend. He calls you a friend. You know, that's right. what are, what's worth holding back from them? If you really take an assessment of what is in your life that you're holding on to, that's, you know, you've, and everybody in here has something, I've got something in my head right now. It's something that the Lord has mentioned to you in, in, a, in a quiet time that you still hold on to because you're like, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And there's that's nothing in the Bible about that. There may not be, good. That's good. but the, he's telling you, <laughs> so it's. You know, he is the Bible. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's a way to look at it. I don't know. It's maybe I don't know somebody. Um, <laughs> so I don't know who this who this message was for. You know, it's not not your normal you know fiery preacher message or anything like that. And it wasn't a major revelation, but it was meant for somebody. And I it may have just been meant for me, but. Um, But uh, if there's something, if there's something, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I'm just a normal guy. Um, but if there's something that you're holding on to that you know the Lord's wanting from you and you want to come lay it down, perfect time to now, you know? just I mean, Get the commitment in front of everybody so that way when you get home and you still have it, you got to throw it away. That's, yeah, that's good. That's a good way to look at it, you know? <laughs> well, I don't have a... A great way of transitioning other than just praying over you guys and hoping that the Lord is gonna speak to you in in your own time and 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 bring some revelation to you so father I thank you that you are good I thank you that you are kind I thank you that you bring revelation to the things that you want us to um, get rid of in order to get closer to you God that's all you ever wanted is to have a close relationship with us one that's never broken or hindered by something else God we thank you that you are good and merciful in all your ways I pray over your people tonight that they begin to desire the closer relationship to you. May they be desperate like that rich young ruler who came running to you, God. I pray that that desperation is met with action. I pray that the desperation is met with an action that is going to leap them into a new reality of who you are with them, Jesus. And so, everybody, I pray that you are covered in the blood of Jesus. I pray that there are angels that are going to be around your cars tonight as you go home and. Amen.
1: That's a good word. That's a good word. How many of you took some notes tonight? Let me tell you something. That is a good word. Yes, it was. I I put some notes. Usually I'll write notes on paper, But if I write in my Bible, yeah. Amen. you guys, Paul, I've got notes and journals, but if I write in my Bible, man, that is the Lord speaking to me for me. Maybe not for you, but it's in my Bible. Amen. And when you said he came looking for and, and called for good teacher, he was looking for good answers, not a good shepherd. He just wanted answers. man, God, that leaped on the inside of me. Leaped is wrong, leapt, (laughs) whatever, I don't know. Man, he was looking for a good teacher. He just wanted an answer. He wasn't looking for a good shepherd. And then, Alec, you, you took us to Matthew 7. Not everybody that cries out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. He'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you. They had results, but they didn't have relationship. They had actions, but they didn't have identity. I wrote that in my Bible. I'm like, my God in heaven, I got some fresh bread tonight. I got some fresh bread. And so, and just so you know, all, everybody stand to your feet. We're going to close. But just so you know, Alec, the first time I share those things, I will always let people know I got it from you. But the second time I'll say, I heard it from somebody. And the third time, I'll say, man, a revelation came to me. <laughs> but the first time, you'll get the credit for it. No, I'll, I'll make sure that I, I, have to put, I have to put your name right there. Alec Jones said this on Wednesday night, midweek service at Christ Fellowship Church. As a young man that had no idea that in 10 to 15 years, God would have you speaking. God would have you speaking to a handful of people on foreign soil who have heard about this man Jesus, but they've never committed their life to him. They only heard that Jesus cared about them, but they never saw a man with your color skin come to their land and risk your life and limb to bring a gospel message to them, not asking anything from them. But man, 10 or 15 years, you, you finally see That on that Wednesday night, little old small Dawsonville, Georgia, when I didn't even realize I had a message and didn't know if anybody got it or not, that the Lord would use that seed and bring you such a harvest of souls down the road and allow you to impart into people with this same relationship that you have and this same love for Jesus that you have now would only increase and spill over to those precious people. Lord, that Alec would never chase titles or office doors. He would just chase people. Thank you, Father, for an innocent, pure heart that just started with, man, I heard the Lord speak to me and asked me to get rid of a little old box that plays video games. And, Lord, even though it doesn't seem like it's sinful, I got all the bad games out but you're still asking for it, so I give it to you. Lord, it's in those moments of obedience. It's in those moments. You were just asking Abraham for his son just to see, just to see. You were just asking Alec for that one video game device just to see so that someday, Lord, when people would rise up a tongue against Alec, you would be able to say, now I know that boy loves me. Now I know, because even when it wasn't sinful, he forsook that to come after me. And I will shut every mouth of every roaring lion that would come after him. And I'll deliver him because of that innocent heart. Thank you for his love, Lord. I receive something tonight, Lord. I receive something rich from you. We bless him tonight. We honor him. Thank you for the call on his life. Thank you for the dedication he's put into the studying, according to your word, study to show yourself approved. Lord, he is doing that. And so we give honor where honor is due to this young man tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together one more time for Alan. Thank you. That's big time. We'll see you Sunday morning or Saturday night at prayer. Saturday night at prayer, six o'clock and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We'll see you then. God bless you.